This is the Turn on the Jets podcast, presented by Prime Sport. With the third pick in the 2018 NFL Draft, the New York Jets select Sam Darnold, quarterback, USC. What should the Jets expect from you? Um, a lot of wins. And now, here's your host, Joe Caparoso. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Turn on the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Joe Caparoso owner of TurnOnTheJets.com. We got a little special week one preseason home-and-home recap between the Turn On The Jets podcast and the Stick To The Jets podcast, hosted by our good friend Connor Rogers, who is with us right now. Connor, how you feeling right now? Uh, Joe, for the first time in a long time after a after preseason game number one, I'm feeling quite good, and I know we're going to talk a lot about the offense on this show and a lot about the defense on the Stick To The Jets show and it feels good to be talking about a lot of good things in front of us for once. Optimism. Optimism is right. So this is how it's going to break down. For about This is going to be one episode that we're going to break up into two parts. The first part is going to break down the Jets' offensive performance tonight, living on the turn on the Jets' feed. The second part is going to break down the Jets' defensive performance, living on the stick to the Jets' feed. Uh, so this first part will go about 20 minutes or so, and the second part will be about 20 minutes or so on the stick to the Jets feed. So let's dive right into it. The highlight for tonight, the Jets win 17-0 against the Atlanta Falcons. The highlight is the performance of the quarterbacks, most specifically Sam Darnold and then Teddy Bridgewater. Darnold comes in early in the second quarter uh, and leads a touchdown drive. Most encouragingly, gets down into the red zone with a really nice throw down the sideline uh, over to Clive Walford with pressure in his face, then throws a should-be touchdown to Charles Johnson, which is dropped, then throws a touchdown to him, which is called back for offensive pass interference, and then you have third and goal from about the 14-yard line, a spot where usually the Jets would throw a two-yard check down to Bilal Powell and then attempt a field goal, as we've seen 10,000 times before. Instead, Darnold scrambles, steps up in the pocket, finds Johnson yet again for a touchdown, uh, which led to Twitter basically exploding, as at that point, I think Darnold was 7 for 8 for 70 yards and a touchdown. He ended up wrapping uh, 13 for 18 for 96 yards with that touchdown. No turnovers, had one scramble for 5 yards. The YPA, not overly uh, encouraging, but I think with the game plan the Jets ran, ran tonight, a lot of throws to the running backs and tight end. Nothing to be too concerned about. I think what was good is that he was accurate. He threw the ball well on the run. And even if you look at those five incompletions, one was a drop by Johnson. One was a drop by Ardarius Stewart. He was accurate and just seemed very sort of in control for a rookie and making his first start coming right out in the hurry up too, which ended up being the Jets touchdown drive. What were your initial impressions tonight, Connor? Yeah, I thought he looked really good. More importantly, he just looked so comfortable in the pocket, and the way he can maneuver around and manipulate the pocket was exactly what we saw when, really, when USC had everything put together at his college level, and USC did not all the time, and that's where things got really sloppy. And I thought the Jets' offensive line played actually surprisingly pretty solid tonight. I think to the YPA point, it is a really good point, but I think I'll note that you know after Robbie Anderson got crushed once on a drive, they pulled him out and Anunma wasn't playing, so hopefully getting those two guys back on the field with Darnold at some point will stretch that out a little bit and let him take more chances down the field, something that he's definitely going to have to work on over these next three weeks. But when you just you know dial in on Darnold here, it, it was really exciting because we saw everything that made him a lock to go in the top three of this NFL draft. I think the mobility, the eyes down the field, he didn't settle really on that, on that touchdown of Johnson He could have ran and probably got five to seven yards in an easy field goal or a short fourth down 
kind of attempt. And instead, he stayed behind the line of scrimmage. He zeroed in on the same corner for the third time in a row where Johnson kept hanging around right at that pylon and threw a perfect throw on the run. And we saw about three or four really nice throws on the run for Donald. Bates is going to dial up this offense to get him on the move and maximize that ability all the time. So it's very exciting. This guy is unfazed, and I think after seeing the likes of Christian Hackenberg and Bryce Petty and even going back to Geno Smith, there's times where those guys just looked like it felt like they didn't belong. And I think with Darnold, we've never gotten that sense, not even that, you know, college now in the NFL. I think he's just built for this city and for this team. Yeah, I love the point you made about the red zone play because we've seen this so many times with the Jets quarterback and even a lot with McCown last year. For all the good he did, you feel like in that situation, he's throwing underneath, he's getting another completion, but you're not moving the chains. We actually saw that from him on his first drive again. It was like third and eight, and he had like a five-yard completion to Neil Sterling. Uh, With Darnold, he was still trying to make a play, still trying to get a touchdown and not being content to settle for a field goal, which is what you want. I think we'd all rather see him be a little more aggressive, even if that leads to a few more mistakes, which he really avoided tonight. He was sacked once, didn't turn the football over, had one near interception that I would argue was a little more on the receiver than him. But like you said, just look the part. And that that's kind of a vague thing that people who talk about football a lot sometimes will say, but he did not look overwhelmed at all by the moment. And the fact that he was just out there running that two-minute drill uh, without really any hitches and completing you know pass after pass where he really seemed to get into a rhythm was very, very encouraging. I thought what was interesting, and you mentioned this about the receivers, so no Rob, no Quincy Nua tonight, no Terrell Pryor, Robbie Anderson barely played, but it was Charles Johnson and Trey McBride who played over Ardarius Stewart and Chad Hansen, which I think is mildly surprising. Neither Stewart nor Hansen had a reception tonight, while Johnson had, I think, three catches. McBride had at least one and was playing in the first half. Were you surprised by that receiver rotation? Uh, I would have been a couple days ago, but I actually have heard some rumblings that throughout practice that they've been running McBride with, you know, the ones and the twos and that Charles Johnson is the one that surprised me a lot. That is definitely the one. But going back to McBride, I heard rumblings that he had really surpassed not only Stewart, but Hanson for reps and in camp and making an impact. So it's a little shocking to me that he's been able to do that, especially with how high everyone was on Hanson coming out of OTAs in the spring. But it appears that both guys have made action in training camp to earn those reps. So, And we saw it on the field a little bit today. I think Johnson's such an interesting guy because this is a player that at some point of his career, about two years ago, was a guy that can win down the field a little bit. He's only 29 years old still. He's got more of that size profile that they love at 6'2", almost 220 pounds, and just suffered a devastating injury that really took him out of football for all the 2017 season. Now, Is he going to be this high-impact player? No, that's not really who he is. But can he actually stretch the field a little bit at times? Maybe. You hope so. So I don't think he's a lot to make the team. I I don't think McBride is. But I think they have really stepped up in front of Hanson and Stewart, who it's early, but have been a little bit of duds this summer and overall as draft picks. Let's talk about Bridgewater quick before we get into some of the questions that we had sent through. Bridgewater... Also very impressive tonight. As expected, we got about one series of Josh McCown, one series of Josh McCown. They may, that may be all we see of him in the uh, preseason. Bridgewater goes seven for eight with a touchdown. It was basically a short check down to Isaiah Crowell, and he ran out the rest of the way for a 16-yard touchdown, but had 
A real nice looking throw down the seam to Neil Sterling, who actually played very well tonight prior to getting hurt and sort of looks like the lead guy for that move tight end position, interestingly enough. Uh, and then also had an impressive fourth down conversion to Jermaine Curse, uh, who had a really nice catch. But Bridgewater, I think, also looked very comfortable, uh, was moving around well, was not hesitant around the rush. And that that's exactly what the Jets want. The Jets want two quarterbacks, 25 or younger, playing well. And they want to be on a track where they feel good about Darnold starting week one. And Bridgewater looks like someone who's going to return a draft pick for them. So tonight was encouraging in both those regards. What did you think of Teddy overall tonight? I, I thought he was excellent. Flat out excellent. And, and I, I think when I look at Teddy Bridgewater, I know he's not going to be this guy like Matt Stafford where he's going to be you know, throwing the ball 30 yards down the field, play after play. Teddy is a guy that's going to take what's given to him. But the way he throws with touch, and in a sense, kind of like Darnold, and this is so important because we didn't know how he would come back like this from the knee injury, he can really move around the pocket with comfort, and he doesn't stay stiff. If you watch these guys, they are so different from Hackenberg and Petty, who had problems just really being statues in the pocket at times and getting crushed and not mentally processing everything in front of them to work quick enough to make throws. Bridgewater and Darnold are the polar opposites where they did that. Bridgewater, I thought that third down conversion to Curse might have actually been the best throw on in this entire game of the night because of how long he bought himself time and the way he placed that throw to Curse was beautiful. So it, a great comeback for Teddy Bridgewater, who really looks like himself. That's the most important thing to take away here. Again, the Falcons are a team with good defensive depth. He was throwing against very, very solid NFL players. And, and it raises the question for me to you, Joe. What kind of value would you be satisfied moving Teddy Bridgewater for after seeing that he looks like himself now? I've kind of I've kept low expectations for this because I feel like there needs to be an injury or maybe another suspension for them to get anything in that second or third round range. In my head, I've always had sort of fourth rounder, maybe a conditional fifth rounder that becomes a third or a fourth if he ends up playing more, something like that. Now, of course, that value could go much higher if Tampa Bay decides that they're not comfortable with Winston and he's not going to have his, you know, his head on his shoulders the right way uh, with everything that's going on around him or a starter somewhere else goes down. Then I think you're in a situation where you could be looking at a second round pick. But in my head, uh, barring some type of injury, I feel like they're probably looking at a day three pick, you know, a fourth, fifth rounder. It might even end up being a sixth rounder. But I think what you have to remember is that Bridgewater's on a one-year contract, and if he's on the roster in week one, the value of that contract will go up. Not that the Jets you know, can't eat the cost around that, but he's going to walk after this year. He wants to start. He's not going to sign a long-term contract here. He sees what the Jets paid Darnold. He sees what they paid to get him. So in my mind, even getting a fifth-round pick for him to help compensate for some of the draft capital you lost and moving up for Darnold is better than getting nothing. Uh, Yes, Bridgewater is a better quarterback than Josh McCown, but the goal for this season isn't necessarily, uh, I don't think the expectation is that this is going to be a playoff team and a contender this year. I think the goal for this year is to really develop Sam Darnold so you're ready to compete next year. So in my head, I'm thinking about a fourth or fifth rounder. Am I underestimating that? I don't think so. It's it's tough when you look at it. It's like you go, yes, this guy can be a franchise quarterback again, but I also, you know, kind of explain it like this, where if the Jets can essentially pay half a million dollars for an extra fifth or fourth round pick, 
you do it. And, and I know it's weird because you're sitting here, a lot of people are sitting here and saying, well, you know, what if Donald's not ready, then we're, we're going to regret trading Teddy. Donald looks pretty ready, and I know it's just one game, and we have a lot left to see, but like you said, Joe, if Teddy just sits this entire year on the bench, he's not coming back to the Jets. He's not a long-term part, and I love Teddy Bridgewater. I am a diehard Teddy Bridgewater fan, and if he lit it up for my football team, I would love nothing more. But I think when it comes down to it, the Jets were the rare team that was willing to give him a chance. It looks like it's working out. And the return, while it might not be high, is still makes this a really good move down the road. All right, we want to jump into some of the questions that you guys sent over on Twitter. Before we do that, I want to remind you guys this podcast is brought to you by Razor Sport. That's R-A-Z-E-R-S-P-O-R-T dot com. They got that big shiny new sports book opened up at MetLife Stadium. Before you go down there and flush some of your money down the toilet, you want to get some advice so you're not flushing your money down the toilet. So to do that, you go to Razorsport.com. You follow them on Twitter at Club. Join the member section. Check out all their NFL tips heading into this season. Uh, and just make some smart bets. Again, that's R-A-Z-E-R-S-P-O-R-T.com. Okay, we're going to look at some of your Twitter questions now. First one from Darren Tewksbury. What was your impression of Nathan Shepard overall in his first game. Now, Connor, I know we're going to get a little more into the defense, but why don't we give a little preview of uh, what your thoughts were of Shepard? Oh, I couldn't be more happy. This is exactly the player I saw at the Senior Bowl in the first practice before he fractured his hand and missed the rest of the week, where you're sitting there and you're saying, okay, physically, he looks like the most impressive player on the field, and then a snap happens and he takes over. He's a guy that can take on two blockers. He's a guy where if he's blocked by one guy, he's going to win the matchup disengage and stop the run and I think he has some juice against the pass so I think he's going to be a guy like Darren Lee and Avery Williamson's best friend up front because of how much damage he does and how much attention he can grab he was out there against starting players and there's this is not the case of oh the backup D line's always ahead of the backup offensive line this is a rookie yes an older rookie but I thought instant impact wise he flashed into why Todd Bowles loves this player so much and clearly wants to start him out of the gate I thought this was an interesting question from at Cal LaFoon. Can you compare all the rookie quarterbacks first preseason starts? So all of these guys have played at this point, Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, uh, Josh Rosen is currently playing as we're recording this right now. Uh, I'll go first and I'll throw it to you, Connor. I think for it, look, as much as I like to have fun with the Bills fans on Twitter about, about Josh Allen, and he did give us an epic blooper last night. I thought overall he was actually okay, and he had some nice moments. His touchdown pass definitely showed his arm strength. I think he was only 7 for 18, so the inaccuracy is still an issue. I don't think it's particularly impressive when you launch a ball 65 yards and it ends up being incomplete, but I thought out he was... Out of bounds. Yeah, out of <laughs> bounds. So I, I thought he was okay. He wasn't the complete you know train wreck that some, it's being made out to be on Twitter because of the one play. I thought Mayfield, and I really got to watch basically all that game on Thursday, was excellent. And every, everything that we talked about leading up to the draft uh, looked poised, uh, moved the ball well, kept his eyes up, was not looking at the rush at all, uh, was good with his feet. I thought Browns fans should be really excited about how Mayfield played. Jackson has been very hot and cold. He had that electric touchdown run uh, last night. He had a really ugly interception in the Hall of Fame game, uh, but you know a little more boom and bust. Uh, along the lines of what we've seen from Allen. Curious to see how Rosen does in his debut. Uh, what do you think, Connor? Do you think we're going to see Rosen starting sooner rather than later? 
Yeah, it's interesting when you look at it. I, me and you thought Rosen was the best quarterback in this class. So when your competition is Sam Bradford, who always tends to get hurt, and Mike Glennon, and the reports, especially from guys like Larry Fitzgerald, coming out of Arizona's camp, is that Josh Rosen looks absolutely fantastic. And this does not come as a surprise to me. I thought he was the most advanced passer in the class. I just I love the guy's game, and I think he's an absolute you know brilliant uh, player in the huddle. I think he can absorb so much. So. I do think Rosen takes over and plays very well early on. I think Baker Mayfield's not going to play right away because of Tyrod Taylor, but I thought he looked absolutely fantastic against the Giants. So comfortable, so accurate, such a, you know, a guy that just has such a strong arm. Take away his size. He, he throws really like a guy that's built 6'5", 230 pounds. You look at Allen, and I, I know there was some nice throws, and the blooper was really overstated. But it's just the same player that struggled at Wyoming where it's, you know, everyone says, wow, look how hard he threw the ball. But it's like, yes, but incompletion is an incompletion. So I think Allen can maybe get it together and actually be one of those guys that's, you know, never going to complete 60% of his passes, but might hit some really big plays. But he still has a long ways to go. And I don't think he's ready to start on a Bills team that needs to put more talent around him. Lamar Jackson, in the same sense, he's got to improve as a passer. No surprise there electric running is going to translate to the NFL. I'd like to see him protect his body a little bit more, though. He's taken some big hits through two games, and that's scary for anyone like that. And Sam Darnold, we talked about it, Joe. I, I think what more can you ask? He looked sharp. He looked accurate. He looked comfortable, and he's exciting to watch. So this is a very, very strong rookie quarterback class because these guys actually might be five legitimate starters down the road. Before we get into this next question, there was a lot of questions tonight about what was going on with rookie tight end Chris Herndon? Apparently, uh, Todd Ball said he was dealing with some type of minor injury, bruising or something, and that, that's why he was out. Something to do with his shoulder, I think I'm seeing coming through now. So he didn't pull a Dimitri Patterson or Mike Goodson. He is uh, available. And also to that random account that yelled at me to figure it out because I'm on the beat. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. It was a, a verified account. A verified too. account. Blue check on blue check crime. I am not. A beat writer. Connor is not a beat writer. No yes, one on turn, <laughs> turn on the Jets is a beat writer. We love the beat writers and we love to work with them. Yeah. Uh, but that is not uh, what we do. We just kind of do some podcasts I, and some tweeting and some blogging. I am not going to every Jets practice. I'm going uh, flying to college football games and keeping up with the entire league. I'm nothing against anyone that does. I think there's just a lot of people out there that are doing a great job with it already. So me and Joe will handle the rest. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So take that random roster watch verified account. All right. Uh, Darnold, specific question here from ROB at Abstract Analyst. What were the particular areas that you saw tonight that Sam could improve, improve upon moving forward? I, I think it – Go yeah, ahead. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go you ahead, go. Jeff. You go and then I'll jump in. From a college to NFL perspective, I think something that is evident is he's not a very good deep ball thrower. It's something that when he got in at USC two years ago, he struggled with. And I thought it was because he didn't have any, you know, camp with those kind of number one receivers. Um, like, I believe it was actually Juju Smith who was still there. And then last year, not great at it, just okay. And then in camp, once again, not great at it, just okay. It's not a big deal. I think he's going to figure that out. And I think the fact of how accurate he is in the intermediate will really save him and make him a successful quarterback. Yeah, I think I think that's a fair point. I think, like we mentioned, you want to see the YPA be a little higher. I think he was like somewhere in the mid fives today, which 
uh, is not ideal. He did not have all his weapons, but we want to see him attacking a little more consistently in the intermediate to deep passing game. It was a little hard to get a read. He had a, a deep shot to Trenton Cannon today when he was split out at split end, and it looked like there was a bit of a miscommunication. Cannon definitely had a step. Darnold put it a little more outside towards the sideline while while Cannon sort of just stayed on his stem. So I, I'm not not don't want to be too quick to assign blame on that one. It could very well be that Darnold just put it in the wrong spot, or it could be that you know Cannon was a running back lined up at split end and didn't sort of fan towards the sideline in the nine route. Uh, but I'm sure we'll uh, we'll hear about that play a little more this week, and we'll break it down. All right, we're going to swing it over to the Stick to the Jets feed to wrap up this conversation. We're going to break down how the Jets' defense performed and answer a few more of your questions related to the game overall. Before we go over there, the two guys in this podcast, along with a few other people from Turn on the Jets, are going to be doing a live podcast and watch party for the most important preseason game when the Jets play the Giants on August 24th at Willie McBride's in Hoboken, New Jersey. It's on 6th and Grand. They are an official partner and sponsor of this podcast, of the Stick to the Jets podcast. Uh, Just good partners overall. So 6th and Grand in Hoboken. All season long, they'll have food and drink specials. But most importantly, come out the 24th. Wear your TOJ gear. Don't wear your TOJ gear. But either way, come hang, have some beers. Uh, Watch me and Connor talk for a little bit uh, during halftime into the third quarter. And uh, it's a good bar. A lot of space. And uh, we'll do another uh, shout-out for this on the uh, Stick to the Jets if we haven't uh, sold you yet through oncoming. All right, so part two, hop over to the Stick to the Jets feed.